Amen. So good to be with you this morning and uh, welcome. If this is your first time here at Mountain Park Church, we're so glad that you're joining us. Welcome home is what we love to say. And for those that are joining us online as well, thank you for logging in today. And again, if this is your first time, we're so glad that you're joining us today. And um, I want to say thank you for uh, your giving and your generosity and tithes and offerings. And I thought I'd show you a way that you're making a difference through your giving. And uh, yesterday we had served Saturday and uh, Tim, Benice, and the team, and, uh, and Donald, and uh, it was so amazing because we were packing bags for the homeless, hope for the homeless, and I have some photos I wanna put up, and look at all those bags that were packed. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and a part, part of your giving goes to that, and I like to say every bag to this afternoon, the bag's gonna go out, the team's gonna be feeding at the Andre house. Every bag is a life that is gonna be impacted through you and uh, I just love it when our kids serve. I just thought that was so cute. We had kids competing with all the bags running around and uh, if you've never been out, uh, come out third Saturday of the week and uh, it's so great to be a part of a church that is making a difference and again, you're sowing in to good ground here at Mountain Park Church. Well, uh, I'm gonna do a two-part series launching today and next week. And uh, it's kind of been something that's been on my heart, uh, just, you know, coming out of COVID and, and watching life. And even in my own life, you know, things just seem to be ramping up. Have you noticed that? Like, you know, people are flying more, airports are crazy, planes are packed, uh, traffic is, you know, during COVID, you could go on the freeway and, you know, you could put your foot down. There was no traffic, you know. Now it's like, it's crazy. It's road rage everywhere. Life is busy. But the next two weeks, we're gonna talk about living out of rest. Notice, I said living out of rest, not living out of stress. Living out of rest. What does that look like for us today? What does it look like to, to live out of rest? I found a funny video on YouTube, and uh, I think sometimes I feel a lot like this video, so why don't we take a look at it? Have you ever felt like that in life? <laughs> you just, you're spinning so many plates and you're just trying to make sure that nothing is gonna fall and come tumbling down. Anybody felt like that? Yeah, this, I kind of feel like in the season of just coming into Mountain Park Church, I, people are asking me, how are you doing, Pastor Charlton? And I'm like, I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hydrant, you know, just meeting so many people. And I, I love it, but sometimes life can feel like that. We're just, you know, we're just catching plates and we're, we're getting lost in the moment. How do, we, how do we live out of rest? You see, this was so important to Jesus. Rest is so important to Jesus. In fact, we're gonna look at our key passage today. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. And this is what Jesus said. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you stress. No. Jesus says, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me. 
with all the stuff you're carrying in life. And, and what does he say? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Very important, learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, in, 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 as we study the context of the passage, Jesus was speaking to the Jews right now. And he noticed that they were burdened, they were heavy laden by the yoke of religion. You see, the Pharisees that put so much Sabbath law on them that they couldn't keep up. There were so many laws to the Sabbath and they, they just felt like they were missing the marks. Which, it's so interesting because if you actually go and study the Pharisees, they created so many loopholes for them to get by the laws themselves. And Jesus comes and he sees them just weary, weary on religion. And he says, come to me, come to me with that. And I'm gonna teach you how to find rest. I'm gonna teach you not how to do religion. I'm gonna teach you how to do life with God, how to have relationship. But what about you today? Maybe today your weight that you're carrying a burden is, is not religion. Maybe today the, the weight of the burden that you're carrying is busyness. And maybe today, if you're honest with yourself, you're pretty worn out, you're tired, you're burnt out maybe. Or maybe, maybe today the, the, the weight that, that you're carrying is relational conflict. Maybe today you're, there's some unforgiveness and, and you're just carrying this weight of broken relationships and arguments and tension and, and it's just weighing you down. It's sucking the life out of you. Or maybe today it's a sin or a habit or an addiction that, that you're, just, you're trying to serve Jesus, you're trying to serve God, but you're, just, you're carrying this and you, you're trying to fix yourself in some sense. Or maybe today it's, uh, you know, you're afraid and you're living out of fear, of fear of the future, fear of, you, know, you look at the economy, you look at the politics of our nation and this just so much fear and maybe you're anxious. Maybe today you're just saying, you know, I, I just feel so alone and I just feel like life in the enemy and, and business, it's just packing more on me and I honestly, Pastor, do not know how much more I can carry. You see, in life, we're all gonna carry things. I'm gonna talk today about living in, living in rest because it matters to Jesus. Now, when I say the word rest, I'm not saying like, you know, when you picture rest, you think of yourself on the beach of Hawaii, you know, you know, drinking a nice coconut drink and catching sun. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday life. God wants you to find rest, refreshment in your everyday life. This is so important to him. So the question you might be asking is, well, okay, how do I enter into this rest? How do I live out of this rest. It's interesting in Facebook, I did a post this week on this weekend service and my, my original title was Living From Rest. And as I began to think about that, I was like, that's not really what I'm talking about, not living from it. I'm talking about living out of it, living out of Jesus every day. Because he invites us, he says, come, come to me, all you are weary, and what will you find? Rest. So how do I enter this rest? I wanna, wanna give you today three things. Three points that, that will help you enter this rest. Number one, you've got to offload some things on Jesus. You've got to offload some things on Jesus. Jesus says here, come, come to me with all your mess, with all the burdens, with everything that's weighing you down in life. He says, come to me and offload it. I want you to understand, you were never created to do life apart from God. If you go all the way to the book in Genesis, we were created in the image of God, but God walked and, and, and spoke with Adam and Eve every day. They did life in him, his presence. 
We were never created to do life apart from God. And he invites us to offload. In fact, in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things. He says, so, so what? So that in me you may have peace. You see, Jesus is a God of peace. He wants us to find that peace. He says, in this world, you will have many tribulations. In fact, he's saying, in this world, you're going to have many burdens and, and many weights. You're going to go through seasons where you're in the valley or you're in the mountaintop. That's, that's life. But he says, but take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. He says, it's, it's not for you to overcome. He's already overcome the world for you. He's just saying, as you're going through life, just begin to offload some things. That's, that's why I love the cross. Because whenever I reflect on the cross, I am reminded that Jesus went to the cross for me. He didn't just go for Christians. He went for me. And he, he took my sin and shame. He took the brokenness, the pain, the hurts of life. He went to the cross. And that's why Isaiah says, by his stripes, I am healed. He paid the price that I don't have to carry all these weights and guilt and shames. And that I could come to him. And yet Mountain Park, we, we love to do a thing called nail it to the cross. Where we like to, we had worship nights, and we just did it uh, a week ago at uh, the men's TNT night, where men were going and they were nailing things to the cross. What they really were doing was they were identifying with what Jesus did, that he took off all the weights and burdens that we could offload, that we could unload, that we could unpack all the things, the things that are weighing us down, that we could put it on him. That's why I like to say the cross, in a sense, is the great exchange where I exchange all of, of the weights and the junk of my life and he gives me new life. So that's the goodness of, of Jesus. He says, come, come to me and offload some things. The second thing today is Jesus, we gotta invite Jesus to be in the center of our life. Very important, the center of my life. Here's the good news today. Jesus wants to do life with you. He wants to do life. He's so interested. You can read the book of Psalms where, you know, that when you're sleeping, God is watching you. Yes. Ben Middle likes to say, from a distance. I believe he's right next to you. He's watching you. He knows every hair on your head. And Psalm says, every time you cry, he catches every tear. Why? Because he's a God that wants to do life with him, but you've got to invite him in. And Jesus said in John 10 verse 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I like to add something on there. The thief likes to weigh you down in life because when he weighs you down, your eyes get on the weights and the burdens you're carrying and your eyes get off Jesus. You begin to look at the weights and, oh, my life is down. Oh, my life is heavy. Oh, my life is this and oh, my life is that. And instead of looking to a Savior who wants to do life with me. See, that's the goodness of Jesus. I love uh, Coach Lou Holtz. has a, a great coach, has a great saying. And I love the saying. He says, it's, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you're carrying it. It's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you're carrying it. How are you carrying the weights of life? You see, in Jesus' times, in this agrarian or agricultural time, Jesus, yeah, is teaching about yokes. 
And as Jesus is talking about yokes, immediately the Jews are thinking about the yoke that two oxen carry. A yoke was a wooden cross piece that would grow, go across two oxen and would, in a sense, bind them. And what those two oxen would do is the two of them, the strength of two of them, could now carry the weight. They could carry the burden. They could carry the load. And so as Jesus begins to teach about, hey, come to me with the weights. You're, you're trying to do it by yourself. And he says, take my yoke. Be yoked to me and, and I'm going to help you. You see, the, what Jesus is saying to us is, hey, I don't want you to do life alone. I want to do life with you. And, and yes, the good news, come be yoked to me. And the two of us, we can get through anything. That's what scripture says. He's the anchor. I have this hope, an anchor for my soul. It's talking about Jesus. He's the anchor. But what's interesting, if you go and study or speak to farmers, they were, and especially with, with oxen, they will tell you what they do is they take a young ox and they'll yoke it to a mature ox. Very interesting. I was studying on this. And the reason that a farmer would take a young ox and yoke it to a mature ox is because the mature ox knew the voice of the master. A mature ox knew the instruction, the guidance, the, the little intricacies of the master. You see, Jesus is saying, come on, in life, be yoked to me and learn from me, is what he says in this passage. Why? Because he is the one that knows the voice of the master. Isn't it interesting? Jesus said, I, I don't do what I want to do. I only do what the Father teaches me. Yes. And so in life, here's the good news, is when we begin to invite Jesus into the center of our heart, when we begin to say, I recognize that as I go through this life, I am to be yoked, to be connected to Jesus, to put him in the center. Why? Because he's the mature one. He knows the voice of the Father. As I begin to follow and learn, I begin to discover the voice of God in my life. And this is so important for us because we can read Jeremiah 29, 11. We can quote it. Oh, God knows the plans he has for me, plans to prosper, to give me a hope and to give me a future. And we can have this verse memorized, but yes, the problem, when you're not yoked to Jesus in the midst of a storm and you're trying to do it by yourself, guess what? You're gonna miss the plans of God. You gotta be yoked to Jesus. You gotta invite him into the center. Now this is interesting because a lot of Christians love Jesus as savior. Well, pastor, I have no, I've sinned. Bible says I was born in sin. No one taught me how to steal the cookie out the cookie jar. It just happened. And I did wrong things growing up and I still do wrong things. There's a sinful nature in me. And so Jesus died on the cross that I could be forgiven of my sins. I, I understand that that idea that I need a savior, that God is holy and that my sins in a sense condemn me. The, the penalty of sins is death, separation from God. It's how like, okay, yeah, I'm a sinner. What do I have to do? Well, Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price for your sins. Oh, great. Well, Jesus, come into my life and be my savior. Thank you that, that, that I am set free and I am forgiven. But the, most Christians stop there. You see, Jesus doesn't just want to be a savior. He wants to be the Lord of your life. And Jesus becomes the Lord of your life when you can position your heart to say, I need to be yoked to Jesus. I need to come alongside the Son of God. I need to come alongside my Lord and I need to let him teach me how to do life. 
You see, that's lordship. When I now say, Jesus, I'm not just asking you to get me to heaven. I'm not just asking you to forgive me. I'm now inviting you into the center of my life. And out of the center, I am now going to do life. It's like a bicycle wheel. The hub or the center part of the wheel is the most important. All the spokes go out from the center part. It's like Jesus being the center of your life and now every area of your life flows out of him. He's not just a part of your life on Sunday, he's every day. In fact, uh, if you go and study cross-references of Matthew chapter 11, you'll find Jeremiah chapter six. And in Jeremiah chapter six verse 16, This is, listen to this passage, Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and then what? And then walk in it, and what will you find? You will find rest for your souls, but what did Israel do? But you said, we will not walk in it. You see, Israel was stiff-necked is what the Bible says. They were disobedient. They wanted to do it their way. They didn't want to follow God. But this passage is teaching us that in life, there are gonna be crossroads that we're gonna come to. There's gonna be moments of of choosing to, to get angry or bitter. There's gonna be moments to step into that sin. There's gonna be moments where we make it about our ego. There's gonna be moments where it's all about us and there's gonna be a crossroad of do I trust God or do I go this way? And, and, and what does this passage say? It says, number one, ask. When you're at a crossroad in life, don't just jump in and, well, I hope God has this. No, ask. Ask, God, what do you want me to do? Next week in part two, we're gonna talk a little bit about the power of prayer. Because some people are like, Pastor, I don't know what God wants me to do. Do you have a prayer life? No. It's like me asking you to call me on my cell phone, but I don't have a cell phone. Pretty stupid, huh? Scripture is saying, ask. God, show me the right way as I, as I go through this life as I go through to, to valleys and mountains, God, show me, I'm asking you. And then it's, it's asking, but it's more than that. It says, and then what do we do? We have to walk in it. There's obedience. There's a part of saying, I'm not just gonna read about you, Jesus, and, and I'm not just gonna seek wisdom. I'm actually gonna live out this passage. And then what happens as we ask and we obey, you find rest for your souls. See, I believe you can live out of rest. I believe that in the midst of busyness and spinning place, there can be a peace in your life. A peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that you're living out of Jesus. So what does this look like practically? Let's just throw a few things out. Let's talk about fear. Because you can go around today and, and we live in a world that's pretty, pretty fearful right now. You might be in that place today, so in fear of my future, fear of my job, a fear of, fear of COVID, a fear of traveling, a fear of, I, I don't know what it could be. And so you, you're living with fear. What does it look like to offload that? What does it look like to invite Jesus into the center of that? Pretty simple. You know what it looks like? It, looks, it, it kind of looks like saying, God, I'm inviting you in and I'm going to stand on what your word says. And your word says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul writes to Timothy and says, God hasn't given you a spirit of what? Fear. But what has he given you? A spirit of power, love, 
and a sound mind. You see, when I invite Jesus into the center of my life, fear has no room anymore because now I'm shifting. I'm being yoked to Jesus. I'm not being yoked to fear anymore. I'm tired of listening to the voice of fear in my life. Tell me I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna lose it all. They're gonna leave me. I'm not yoked to fear. No, no, no. I'm getting yoked to Jesus. I'm putting Jesus in the center. And what is what has he given me? Spirit of power. God, I'm gonna overcome this in your power. I'm gonna overcome this in your strength. I'm gonna get through this. I thank you that you love me so much, Jesus, the spirit of love, and in a sound mind. God, I, don't, I can't sleep. What about anxiety? God, I'm just so ex- I'm anxious. I'm anxious. I'm anxious all the time. What do I do with that? I'm not gonna be yoked to anxiety anymore. I'm gonna be yoked to Jesus. I'm putting Jesus in the center. And Paul says in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven, he says, be anxious for nothing. No, no, that's impossible, Pastor Charlton. I mean, you're gonna be anxious about a few things. What does Paul say? Be anxious for nothing. Well, how do I get there? I'm yoked to Jesus because he's carrying it. I'm taking all my anxiety and I'm putting it on him. Be anxious for nothing, but what do I do? But in everything through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, thanksgiving is what? Jesus is with me. He's in my boat. Doesn't matter what storms come in my way, he's in my boat. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He is with me in the boat. And do what? I let my requests be known. I talk to God about the stuff I'm wrestling with. He knows already, but as I talk to him, I'm unloading. I'm unpacking on Jesus. I'm not entertaining anxiety. I'm putting it on Jesus. And then what happens? What does Paul say happens? Is I'm yoked to Jesus and the peace of God, which surpasses all my understanding, does what? It guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Well, what about habits? I'm struggling with this sin, this addiction. Well, what do I do? Uh, do I stay yoked to this addiction? Or no, 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 get yoked to Jesus. Because in Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. For me to get free from this addiction, I need to get yoked to Jesus. I need to learn from Jesus. And as I get yoked to Jesus and unload all my sin, my habits, my struggles on him, he gives me freedom. Because that's why he died, that I will be set free. And then what what, what does Paul say? He says, and stand therefore, Say, stand in your freedom. Stay yoked to Jesus. Says, don't go back to being burdened by the by the yoke of slavery. He's saying, what? Stay yoked to Jesus. When you get your freedom, don't say, well, that's it. Let me just cruise on in my life. Because guess what? Guess what? Some other temptation is going to come your way. The enemy's not going to give up. And so if you don't stay yoked to Jesus, that's why being in your word, praying, all these things are so important. You're staying yoked to Jesus. You're saying, you are the Lord. You are my teacher. You are my rabbi. You are the word. You are the one that I need to stay in. Because I want to stay yoked to you. Because if I don't, I am not going to stay in this place of freedom. And something will come and I'm going to get yoked to it. Got to stay yoked to Jesus. I got to stay close to him. He's trying to teach me how to go through life. He's trying to teach me to get to this place of rest, but rest is not something I can achieve on myself. Rest, true rest, refreshment is found in the breath of God. It's found in Jesus. So number one, I've got to 
I've got to offload some things. I don't know today, maybe there's some things that have been weighing you down. Maybe it's the fear of what's next in, in your life. Maybe it's the, the fear of, I don't know what it is today, but just today you can come to a Savior. You can come to a Lord that says, come to me and I will give you rest. I'm willing to take that off and give you something so much better. And he says, invite me into the center, not just your Sunday, not just your quiet time. Invite me into every area of your life. Invite me into the mess and the chaos. I love that about Jesus. Jesus in the Bible many times is not afraid of a storm. He's not afraid of your storm, my friend. He's just waiting for an invitation to get in the boat with you so that he can speak to your storm. He doesn't force himself on you. He waits for an invitation. What areas today in your life do you need to invite Jesus in? To say, I don't want you just to be a savior. I want you to be Lord of all. Lord of all. And the third thing is, choose what you will and won't carry. Don't just carry anything in life. Choose what you will and won't carry. Well, what does that look like? I think the first way that looks like is two letters that are so powerful. Two letters that will set you free. N O. Say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. Well, if I don't say yes, they're going to not like me. They won't invite me again. I want And so I'll run to everything and burn out. Say no. But, yet, yet, but, but let me say in the no, let me just say something. Sometimes we're quick to say no to the things of God and yes to the things of this world. Maybe we need to flip that. Maybe we just need to say more yes to God and what he's teaching us in his word. And maybe we need to say more no to the things in this world. Learn to say no. No to the world, yes to Jesus. Put him first. Make him the Lord of your time, the Lord of your decisions. Maybe ask him, God, what do you want me to do with this? Do you, maybe as crazy as it is, God, do you want me to go to that dinner? Well, you won't get an answer till you ask the question. Maybe the second thing is not just saying no, maybe it's making margin in your life. Because sometimes we're so running so fast from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, we don't have margin to just rest. We don't have margin to just listen to what he has to say. Let me tell you something. Your life is so precious to God. Online, hear this. Your life is so precious to God. Well, how do you know, Pastor Charlton? He gave his one and only son. That's how much you mean. Jesus died on the cross for you. That's how much you mean to him. So every part of your life matters to him. But it's just learning to create margin, space in your life where you can just year. The third thing is choose healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries in relationships. Maybe you don't even today know what boundaries you have. You get to choose what you carry and won't carry. Choice is yours. Every day it's healthy boundaries. So how do I enter rest? I come to Jesus and I need to offload some things. I ain't doing it by myself. I wanna invite you into the center. 
and help me to choose what I will and what I won't carry. I want to close today with Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 to 31 in the message translation. Listen to the heart of God in this passage. What would you ever complain or Jacob or whine Israel saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to the dropouts. Even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But listen to this. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. You see, God doesn't want you to lag behind. God doesn't want you to live out of stress. God doesn't want you to live out of fear. God doesn't want you to live out of anxiety. God doesn't want you to live out of loneliness. God doesn't want you to live out of shame and guilt. God wants you to live out of him because he is rest for your soul. So every eye is closed and head is bowed. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you've been carrying many things in your life. Maybe today, if you're honest, it's saying, Pastor Charles, I need to unload some things. I need to invite Jesus into the center of my life. I know Jesus as a savior, but today I want to know him as the Lord. I want to be yoked to Jesus. I want to learn from him. I want to invite him into every area of my life. I want him to teach me what to carry and what not to carry. I want to enter into that rest for my soul. So as I close and heads about and online, including you, if you just want to, want to pray today, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you as eyes are closed. And I'm just gonna ask you to respond by shooting up your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me today. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe today it's, I'm exchanging hurt. Hurt people, hurt people. Thank you, hands going up everywhere, beautiful, everywhere. See, today you're gonna exchange it. You're gonna give it to Jesus. And I don't know what you're gonna feel in that moment, but today you're gonna get yoked to Jesus. He's gonna be the master, the Lord. He's gonna lead. He's gonna speak. He's gonna guide you. Father, I thank you today. You've seen every hand that's been raised in this place. Every hand is a heart that is coming to you today. I thank you that you know what we're going through. You know where we're at, God. It's because you love us so much. You know us, as I read in the book of Isaiah 41, you know us inside out, God. So Lord, uh, we just come to you today. We place our lives before you. We ask you, we invite you into the things we're carrying. You know them. We thank you today that we, we offload them onto you and we invite you in. And today, God, we open our hearts to your peace. We open our hearts to your leading today. Thank you today that our faith is in you, that we, God, are not alone. You are with us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, um, uh, we want to have an honor moment at our church.
And uh, we're gonna have an honor moment of honoring one of our staff members who's done a phenomenal job. But also, we're gonna give them a season of rest because they've worked so hard. And in church world, we call it a sabbatical, a time of just stopping and resting and then coming back recharged and ready to go. And so I'm gonna invite the, the board of servant leaders, Basel team to come up and uh, Pastor Jan, who's gonna come up and uh, he's, gonna, he's gonna share his heart. He's worked so hard and uh, we're gonna give him a, a period just to rest and refresh and come back. And can, put your hands, can you put your hands together for Pastor Jan? And uh, I, I asked uh, Pastor Jan to, uh, he shared with the staff this week, and um, uh, this is really hard for him. And uh, in transition, we could read many things in this. This has nothing to do with me, transition, the church. This has got to do with a faithful brother. And so, Pastor Jan, uh, I would love for you to share what yeah. God's put in your thank, heart. Thank you. And first off, wasn't it a great word today? Mm. Yeah. So, so... So grateful to be encouraged. Um, so I, 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 one of the things I love about Mountain Park is that this is a safe place to be real and to be honest. And so I'm going to start with a confession. I have not rested well in this season in particular. And some of you are laughing because you know me. And uh, people who love me have been pointing this out to me for some time. Many of you, some of the people standing behind me, my wife the staff, Pastor Don, Pastor Charlton. One of the first times I met him, we were talking when he was still interviewing here. And he said, uh, after we had talked for a while, he said, you know, Jan, you need, you need a break. And he began to say that if he was gonna be here as a lead pastor, one of the first things he'd do is ask me to take a rest and a sabbatical. And I said, sure, absolutely. Because I, I can recognize that the past two, three years have been really hard um, with managing through COVID and things of the church and my father passing away. And I know the importance of rest and I teach the importance of rest and I encourage our staff to take rest. But if I'm really honest, I don't actually think I need it. And so externally I said, great, but internally I said, meh, probably not. Because I don't think I need it. I look at things in, in the physical world and I say, I love doing ministry I love Mountain Park, and I'm still effective at what I do. I, I, I come in the morning, and I still get everything done, and I'm still effective, and so I don't need rest, and I forget that rest is not just physical, it's spiritual, and that we are called as an act of faith in God and as an act of surrender to rest and, and that there are things that God does in times of rest that he doesn't do any other time. And, and, and what I've done is I've ignored that spiritual call to rest. And in doing so, there has been hurts that I've not made time to heal. There has been grief that I've not made time to mourn. There have been visions I've not made time to see. There has been peace I've not made time to experience. And there's been strength I've not made time to receive. So, finally... After lots of encouragement and exhortation, I am heeding the advice of just about everybody who loves me and taking a sabbatical. What this means is that it begins tomorrow on Monday. I know that seems sudden to you, but it's not sudden to me. <laughs> 
Uh, we've been talking about this for a while, and I'll be taking six weeks. First thing that's going to happen is my wife and I are going to get on a plane and go to a pastoral retreat center up in Washington and have some time just to seek the Lord together. I want to ask you guys. So I want to ask you guys to pray for us. And there's three things I want to you to pray for us. There's three words that God has put on my heart. One is surrender. Because for me, this is an act of surrender. When somebody tells me to take a sabbatical, it's like asking a nine-year-old to write a hundred sentences on a chalkboard. It's like, I don't really want to do that, but uh, I believe that God is going to do something. So pray for that surrender to really happen. Second thing is pray for restoration. Um, of God, and there's two parts of that. One is, first part of restoration is, is healing. DeAndre's grandmother has a great saying. She says, whatever is not healed in you is passed on to others. And so I have to allow, I don't want some of the things that are in me to be passed on to others, so I have to allow time for heal. And the second part of that restoration is just thankfulness, actually, after I've got that healing, to thank God and count the blessings. So pray for that restoration. And then the third thing is Preparation. That, that I think what you see in, in, in the Bible when God calls people to times of rest, he often is preparing them for a great move of God. And so if you look at the New Testament, you see that uh, from the time of Jesus' death and resurrection to Pentecost, there's seven weeks where the apostles and the disciples are just praying and seeking God together. And then what happens on Pentecost is thousands of people are added to the church in a day. So I believe that God wants to do something. I believe that this time is a time of preparation for what God wants to do um, in Mountain Park and in my wife and I and our family through here at Mountain Park. So please pray for us. I know you have, may have questions. I'll be around after service if you want to ask me. I'll be at Envision tonight. I hope you all will be there as well. Be happy to answer any questions you have. Uh, my name is Janelle, and I'm one of the members of Basel. And just on behalf of Basel, we are so thankful for the opportunity to honor Jan. Many of you have got to hear Jan up here, teaching the Word of God, doing amazing things. Um, we've had the privilege of not only seeing Jan lead this church from up front, but also seeing behind the scenes the way he's shepherded the staff through numerous transitions, through COVID, uh, the way he's loved on all of you and prayed for you and prayed for this church and prayed during this transition. It's truly been phenomenal. Throughout it all, when we encourage Jan to take a break, he says, I love serving Jesus. I love serving Jesus. And he has the heart of a good and faithful servant. Continually, he said to me, I'm excited about what Jesus is doing and I wanna serve Jesus. And we are so honored to have the opportunity to have him take a break. Um, and I also just want all of you to recognize Jan's amazing family. Lindsay is over here. Um, because <clears throat> they uh, have also sacrificed as well his amazing wife, Lindsay, and his six children. Abby's here, but also Luke and Joel and Ezra and Salem and Silas. And I do, did I get that right? Okay. All of Jan's <laughs> children who've also been part of Jan giving to you in this church and to giving to Mountain Park. So um, the board and Charlton and Don Doe have a whole plan for Jan's sabbatical to give him a chance to restore, to read, to reflect, um, to go on the retreat that Jan mentioned. But we just wanted to publicly thank Jan for everything he's given and give you all a chance to thank him as well. 
and uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Jan, um, you know what's great is uh, we, we never want to be pastors that teach something and we don't live it. And uh, Jan was meant to preach today. And uh, one of the hardest things is he said, Charlton, he goes, I need to step aside. I'm tired. And I said, no worries, we'll jump in. I had this message prepared for months. Didn't know it would be for, for this occasion. But our heart is we, we, we don't want to just teach you and then we don't live it. We have to ourselves find rest. And uh, so church, yes, 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 the important part, uh, and I really want you to hear this. Uh, Jan asked you to pray for him for, uh, for the three areas, surrender, restoration, preparation. I'm gonna ask you to pray for him. Pray for his family. And, and here's the second thing I'm gonna ask you today. Let him switch off, please. No emails to him, no text messages. He is taken care of. People have stepped up. Meals are coming. I know some of you are like, can I get meals to him? Uh, Buzzle or staff, email the staff. We'll let you know. But I really, because this guy to switch off, it's, it's really hard for him to switch off. He loves this church so much. And he even told me that's part of the, the, the first mountain is to just switch off from Mountain Park. But he needs to rest. And so, and so we're going to pray as a church. I want to invite Lindsay. Would you come up here? Abby, you come to come too. Let's welcome him up. And, uh, and so I'm going to ask you to do something with me as a sign of agreement. I'm going to ask you to stretch out your hands with me. Online, you can sw- stretch out your hands to the screens. You're a part of this online. And let's just pray over, over this family. Father, I thank you today for, just as Janelle said, the servant heart in Jan and Lindsay and, and all the kids, God. They have modeled what it means to be a servant. They have modeled what it means to be a Christ follower. Lord, they have modeled what it is to be a leader in the kingdom of God. And Lord, as a family, Mountain Park is a family, God. It's not just a church, we're family. We thank you, God, for their faithfulness. And Lord, we come together. Scripture says we're two or more agree concerning anything. So shall it be. God, as a family today, we're stretching out our hands, God. We're laying hands on them. Lord, we're agreeing today that this sabbatical is going to be the best time of refreshing. That, Lord, that you're going to speak things into Jan and, and Lindsay. God, that, Lord, not just physical rest, but soul. As I spoke today in Matthew, rest for the soul, God. I thank you for the books he's going to read. That, God, you're going to stir up things in him. That new gifts, God, new visions, new ideas. That, God, we're going to be better because of what you're going to take him through. So thank you today, God. Thank you for, God, the surrender. Thank you for the restoration. And thank you for the preparation. God, we commit as a church to pray with him. The way we're going to walk with him, we're going to pray for him. And so we thank you today, God, for blessing this family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. As, uh, as Jan shared, uh, you can chat with him in the lobby tonight in vision. We hope to see all of you. Don't worry about the sons. You can record it. We won't tell you the score. Show up at Envision. There's so much to share tonight. New candidates are going to share. And so we look forward to seeing you tonight. God bless.